Hello there, welcome to an emergency True Cult Pop podcast. It's True Cult Pop Reviews, the show where we take a big album from the world of music and we celebrate it and we dissect it and we talk about it and we give it its own little show all away from all the other stuff that's going on this week. Yes, it is me, Stephen Hill. You're right. You're right to go. I know that voice. I knew it was him. And joining me as ever, it's only bloody Gaz Jones. How you doing, Gaz? Evening all. Evening to all the people. So many people. So, so many all people. All walking hand in hand. Uh, you got a therapy shirt on? I have. Well, yeah, keeping it on brand, mate. <laughs> keeping it on brand. Yeah. Never let him. If you see him out when he's not wearing one, yeah, you are legally obligated to take him straight down the, the yeah. cop shop. It might be wash day yeah. though. It might be wash day. More than one. What, don't you? What therapy shirt? Presently, this yeah. is the only one I have. I must have owned about is th- it? twenty odd over the years. <laughs> right, okay. I wish I'd kept them. I should have kept all those nineties yeah. ones. Oh, do they do? fit though? That's the, nah, that's the question. Nah, do does, my, does my Ash 1977 <laughs> shirt with three boy hardcore action written on the back? Would it, would I squeeze I'd, into that now? I doubt it. Very amazing. Much. I had the same t shirt. Of course, I fucking did. Everyone did. Of course, you did. Yeah, it was in HMV. If you could buy an HMV, you could buy it. Anyway, that was a little um, trip back down some sort of nostalgic avenue, which is, you know, par for the fucking course these days, unfortunately, mm. for you guys who aren't in, who want cutting-edge new music. Fuck that. Today, we are going to be talking about The Ballad of Darren by Blur, the ninth studio album from Britpop Legends, recently reformed Britpop Legends, Blur, um, who were very good at Wembley Stadium last week when I was there. I had a lovely time. Um, if you want to hear us uh, talk... Hopefully not talk over each other. Sorry about some weird editing problem that happened last week where we suddenly started talking over each other, but I re-synced it. Um, yeah, I had a lovely time at Wembley Stadium watching Blur. It was, it, was, it was fucking brilliant. And to be honest with you, I went in going, don't really care if they play any new music. Don't give a shit. Couldn't give a fuck about new music from Blur, to be perfectly honest, in the live setting. Is that harsh of me, do you think, Gaz? Is that harsh? Uh... Yes and no. I mean, Damon Albarn's. I mean, he's a fascinating. I mean, it's you know, he's a fascinating individual and almost um, chameleon-like in the kind of amount of things that he's done. Obviously, during Blur, you know, Hello Gorillas, and you know, the interesting kind of stuff that he's done, like solo stuff and all the world music stuff. A lot. Good, the bad, and the queen. Yeah, good, the bad, and the queen. Yeah, that was that was pretty decent. I always forget about that. Yeah, it was all right. Um, I'll always listen to like when there's something new that's got his name attached to it. I'll always give it more than a cursory listen. I'll always, you know, go in and go because he's I mean, he's kind of the only person from that era that has never stopped making music. You know, like a, a uh, oh, yeah, that's a. I mean, well, I guess. I guess Noel Gallagher kind of hasn't either, has he? Although he stopped making music, which doesn't. Yeah, it stopped. Which yeah, yeah he's, he's not got the same. No, he's, he's stopped know. making music that's interests me. Mm, Since a, that's true. Gaz Coombs, you're off namesake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Um, although you know, it's been a bit more kind of sparing. It's a bit more kind of sparing. Mm. He's only done like sort of you know, a couple of solo albums, I think, and obviously Supergrass. Apart from that, you know, reunion tour last year, you know, they'd been. They split up a long time yeah. ago. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, it it just seems like every couple of years there's always something new that's kind of come out 
with his name attached to it be that obviously you know gorillas are you know is massive yeah yeah huge and obviously you know the solo album uh the name escapes me now uh was it we are robots or something like that it come out it was something yeah 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 it was really yeah i really like that a lot obviously yeah good bad and the queen it just seems to be like there never seems to be more than maybe a year 18 months before his you know so there's something new coming out I think it's fair to say that Damon is the most interesting creative individual to come yeah. from the Britpop. Yeah, so I don't think yeah. that's a particularly, um, I don't think that's a particularly kind of bold thing to say. Uh, not, really. not at all, not at all. Um, and yeah, I was, as as it turned out, the most sort of kind of like fascinating and interesting from the sort of person or the artist that he was maybe painted as in mm. the mid nineties. Yeah, you know. Because he was, he was the pin-up, wasn't he? He was the pin-up, and he was very, you know, apples and pears, apples and pears, mm. striker like governor. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, there was a lot more to him and the band, as it turned out. Because obviously you, both you and me, pretty big fucking blur fans. Um, yeah. You know, especially, you know, and, and, you know, dare I say it, less talked about later years, you know. 13, the think tank especially. Well, for me, just to kind of lay my cards on the table, I think 13's Blur's best album. Wow, okay. Yeah, I really do. I really, really do. I love Park Life with a... a, 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 Park Life is an incredibly important special album to me. Um, Slightly behind, you know... The Great Escape and Modern Life is rubbish in that kind of, I guess, a trio of pure Britpop yeah. blur. Um, obviously, the self-titled album is great, but I don't actually have as much kind of strong feeling towards the self-titled album as I do 13. I think 13 is kind of artistically speaking blur's finest moment. That's my genuine kind of opinion. If you go like, what is the most sort of challenging and well-written and well-made Blur album. I think it's, I do think it's 13. Interesting. It's, I think Think Tank's very good as yeah, well. I think, I think Tank's certainly got its moments. Um, hmm. I mean, for me, it was always, um, I mean, if you'd after this, when I was like 16, he'd be like, oh, Park Life, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. But yeah. Um, like you, yeah, that, there's a, there's a billion memories attached to that album. But my favourite is the self-titled. Okay. Um, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, I can, I can see you why. Know, it's um, basically when they, re- yeah, because you know, 1997 when that comes out, I was fully in on Pavement and Sonic Youth and Dinosaur mm-hmm. Junior and stuff, and yeah, they basically came out and reinvented themselves as this kind of noise rock, you know, as indie rock band, and it was right down my street. <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah. so, so I, I, I ignore, I obviously, I, I completely ignore. If I do listen to it, I'll ignore the first two tracks. I just go straight in at track three. You know, which I believe is Country Sad Ballad Man. I think that's track three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I just go from there. And I think it's absolutely fucking faultless. It's it's very, very good. I would go as far as to say, I think even Leisure, right? Which is yeah. one that people talk very, very sparingly about. For its time and what it was and what was going on at that point in time. Yeah, you know, it's pretty kind of uh, of its era, very. right? But... You know, I, th- I still think there's some great songs, you know, stuff like She's So High and um, Sing. Uh, Sing and, and obviously, you know, There's No Other Way uh, are fucking great. Yeah, um, wonderful. The, the, the signs were there, even from that point, mm. you know, 
when they were just tagged as a yeah. as a fucking Stone Roses wannabe, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah, were, I mean, that, was, that now. <laughs> yeah, the kind of the the, the baggy thing. Yeah. I mean, when you think that you know, like we that that is such a short lived, such a short lived thing, isn't yeah. it? Baggy, yeah. the idea of baggy, yeah. um, and it being a kind of you know whatever. Um, yeah, uh, it is it is a very good record. I think it's a good record. I think, and to bring it up to kind of the modern era, now we've sort of gone through every Blur album, the only, this is the follow-up to 2015's The Magic Whip, which came after their initial reformation in 2009. We had to wait six years. I kind of think they, they split and they came back and they split and came back a few times. The Magic Whip for me, I think is comfortably Blur's worst album by some margin. Oh yeah. Completely. Definitely. Completely. Yeah. I have, I have gone back to it. I've tried to go back to it over the years to, I've been on uh, I, was, I, was, I was on a mate of mine's podcast don't know, about a year 18 months ago we were ranking the Blur albums and that was yeah that was the only one that was the easiest to rank it was like okay yeah that's bottom easily it's, it's yeah it's, it's just I don't know it's not a, it just doesn't sound like a, I mean I know you know what well, it was just like jam sessions when they were in Japan Japan, yeah. yeah, you know that was kind of like Frankenstein and stitched together, um, mm. but there's nothing there for me. It doesn't even look like a blur no, it album. Doesn't. I mean, the thing about this is, when I saw the artwork for this album, The Ballad of Darren, I was like, okay, yeah, that looks like the front cover of a blur album. The Magic Whip. The thing about the Magic Whip is, and I think the the thing I guess that sort of worried me a little bit, and I think you could even, although I like Think Tank, I think you could even add think tank into this a little bit is that i get that they've grown as a band and they've changed as a band they changed a lot in a very kind of small period but there should be that unique dna that these special bands have they should keep that kind of unique dna and i think blur always kept that particular dna ran through from leisure through to 13 and it did a bit on think yeah. tank although i think that was a very different record but I just don't even... I listen to The Magic Whip and it's like, I don't even think this sounds like a Blur album. No. And I get that they're busy lads and there's lots of stuff that's going on. You know, you mentioned Gorillaz. I think worldwide Gorillaz, the success of Gorillaz probably outstrips the success of Blur, right? <laughs> yeah, it um, You get solo material from not just Damon, but Damon, uh, Dave Roundtree as well. And Graham Coxon, yeah. obviously, who, you know, Happiness in Magazines oh. is an album, which I think we should definitely talk about one day because that particularly, I think, is, is a really, really great album. Um, Alex has been doing well, he just, cheese. Yeah, he gave out cocaine <laughs> and discovered dairy. <laughs> he did, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and it got me sort of thinking, like, you know, how much could you expect from an album mm. by a band of this vintage who haven't released an album for eight years and, you know, haven't really been, have been doing lots of other different stuff? Like, how kind of connected would they be? Um, and it's the shortest album they've ever done. Mm. So part of you is like, oh, have, have they run out of ideas or do they not have as much stuff? But, I mean, actually, you could look at it that way or you could look at it the other way, which is the way that I've chosen to look at it, which is you don't need to make a long album when you're this deep into your career because no. you've got please don't two, you know, please I, don't <laughs> no please don't I mean I went to see Blur like I say the other week and they did, they couldn't play everything they only played two songs from this album you know the two that people had heard I think yeah. Two? Yeah. yeah it was yeah and and um, I, 
they, there's enough stuff they left out. Like, don't add an even longer album to put more stuff in to leave more stuff out. I mean, you don't bloody want that. So I think it's a good idea yeah. on their part to do a kind of short album. Um, the first single they released from this was The Narcissist. And that came out. And I think I said to you, when I first heard it, I was a little bit kind of, you know, like, shr I shrugged my shoulders a little bit. Uh, I know you don't feel like that. No, I or didn't feel. No, like no, that. I'm, well, I still don't feel like that. I think it's um, for me. For me, the narcissist is 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 top tier, instant classic, Blur single. I mean, the way you got to look, or the way I look at it, is like, where was the narcissist in the set at Wembley? It was in the middle of the fucking encores, you know, between what was it to the end and the Universal or something? It was like uh, between Tender and the Universal. Tender, the narcissist Universal. That's mm how highly they think of it because mm. they could have just knocked that out third song in you know mm. quite easily and it could have quite easily got lost in the set I think The Narcissist is apart from it being you know the continuing love story of uh, of Graham and Damon <laughs> I, I get yeah. so much joy out of those two artists just making any music together it's it's just a wonderful wonderful thing and um i think that's the thing isn't it when you talk about the kind of the dna of blur that needs to run through every blur album yeah. you need to have some kind of push and pull trade-off uh amalgam however you want to kind of word it you have to feel like those two guys have collaborated somehow yeah. and found some kind of common ground from the probably quite differing ideas about music that the pair of them have yeah. um and yeah and you do get that on the narcissist i mean to be fair i'm going to sort of save the narcissist for my thoughts on narcissist now for as we kind of go through the track but basically it coming out made me go probably shouldn't expect loads from a new blur album in 2023 um so let's see what we've got Let's open it up, crack it open and see what's inside. The opening song, The Ballad, is the kind of song that you listen to and you feel like you've heard before. Did you get that when you stuck it on? I was yeah. like, where have I heard this before? Yeah. And then I realized I had never heard it before, but it just had that feel about it that, I mean, you just said instant classic. I maybe wouldn't get that far, but certainly it feels like a song that you have been living with for a long time, even if you've never heard it before, I think. Yeah. I mean, the way it kind of opens to that, you know, like shitty drum machine sound is, and then mm. the kind of almost, I don't know, like intimate, almost like nakedness to like Damon's voice. Don't, you know, I love how Damon's voice is, has cut, the way it's kind of progressed, it got a bit more weathered, stuff like this over the years. I love that. I love that. I've always, I've always adored Damon's voice um, but then w when the drums kick in and stuff and it I don't know it just kind of just kind of brings this kind of instant level of kind of colour and you know and then like the strings come in and that glorious like um, um, like almost Glenn Campbell kind of guitar solo it sounds like the guitar solo from Rhinestone Cowboy you know mm. and those strings the last 30 seconds of uh, of the ballad, I think is well, you know, if that if 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 we could pick if we could do an award in the end of year uh, 
True Cold Pop Awards for the best 30 seconds of music in 2023. It might actually be the last 30 seconds of the ballad. Because I think it is so gloriously beautiful. And by the time it got to the end of this song, I was like, it's good. Crikey. And, and we're back. And we're live. This is, you know, so so kind of... It's, it's not immediate, but it's very... It's very blur. It's you know, it's very blur. Because it's Graham's Graham's backing vocals. Yeah, yes, give yeah. it so much. Yeah, they do. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like we've just yeah. said. Yeah. And from the first track, I was like, "Thank God!" Towards the end, when you're talking about that period of like that last thirty seconds where those strings are coming, and it sounds gorgeous. And yeah, and Damon's gone into this almost kind of late period Bowie yeah. style baroque vocal yes, but- stylings where it's all sort of you know a bit loungy and a bit more um you know kind of lackadaisical and stuff and he sounds fucking great he does. you know he sounds yeah. really really great and i think it's a really amazing way to open this record yeah really, it is really brilliant they they, yeah. they they could have quite easily opened it with you know what track two is with you know the mm. you know the banger um, but I love the fact that this album just starts with, it's almost a whisper. It's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, to be fair as well, I mean, you know, I think it's quite representative of the album as well, because I was like, oh, it's a slow start. Yeah. And then we get St. Charles Square, which is the second song released from the album. And I actually thought that was the one that made me go, oh, that sounds a bit more, I guess, like classic sounding Blur in a sort of, you know. It's the first time I think Blur have sounded like that kind of very Graham Coxony kind of weird anglery riff and damon sounds quite snarky in it yeah. you know what i mean he sounds kind of a, like he's you know he's, he's putting on that like i'm too cool for mm. you snarky sort of sarcastic persona um it, it sort of sounds like something that might fit on the self-titled album dare i say it yeah yeah i'll go along with that uh it, it was it, i suppose it would kind of be like if stereotype was written for the self-titled album it would sound like this it was much more kind of mm wiry and a bit kind of lo-fi and a bit nastier you know the guitar sounds but it's it, it's it, it's great well when I first obviously you know the narcissist you know obviously I adored that from the second I heard it first time I heard uh, St. Charles Square I was like oh okay but I think in the context of the album it works so well this coming straight after the ballad is is genius as far as I'm concerned. Mm. But I, I, th- I think maybe a lot of Blur, well, I say a lot of Blur, but probably some Blur fans would have probably got their hopes up when they heard this, is it? To thinking maybe the album was going to be going down th- more of this kind of road. And, yeah, it's uh, certainly... A, a, it stands it's... out. It stands out from, mm. the al- from the rest of the album big time. Big time. Yeah, I think... There's maybe one other moment where I was like, oh, it's sort of me yeah. to go to that area, but maybe not as much. And then, I mean, again, we track three. So the first two I think are really good. And then we get Barbaric, yeah. which I think is absolutely amazing. And here's the thing. I think the, the chorus is incredible. Really, really catchy. I mean, again, you get that kind of weird little eight beat drum. Yeah. And then you get a really cool, just weird, very Graham Cox sounding guitar part. To me, it actually sounds more like a gorilla song than a blur song. 
I think because of the way that Damon's voice, where Damon's voice has gone. Um, but I think if someone had said to you like, oh yeah, have you heard the new Gorilla song and played you this? I'm not sure you'd have questioned it. Regardless, I think it's a great song. A really, really great song. Again, the string section yeah. is classy all the way through. It's a very, very classy string section thing. But I do think, you know, there's a, there's a few times on this album where I'm like, that's a bit more Gorillas almost than it is Blur. But then there are still like, it's almost like Graham Coxon or Dave Roundtree guests on a, a Gorillaz track yeah. at some points. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I still like no, it. No, yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean. Um, because, I mean, as far as I know, um, like, I think Damon had written like 20, 20 songs um, for this album. And um, I love the fact that they could have possibly been like Gorilla songs or Damon solo songs or whatever. But as soon as you get, you know, Alex James, Dave Roundtree, and especially Graham Coxon onto any of these songs, they'll instantly kind of bring it back to, to blur every time. Um, I do generally, I mean, yeah, Coxon's riff on this. Coxon for me is, you know, he's the fucking thinking man's guitar hero. He's the nerd's guitar hero. He is, he is an absolute fucking genius. Why he is never really kind of spoken about in in terms of kind of you know great guitarists. I mean, I always say it about James Dean Bradfield. Why James Dean Bradfield is never spoken about is in like you know obviously completely style to like Graham Coxon and stuff. But like why you know James Dean Bradfield isn't up there when people talk about you know fucking Slash and people like this is mm. is, is beyond me. And I I do generally think your know, Graham Coxon is so criminally fucking underrated. And you saw how intrinsically important he was to the Blur sound when you listen to Think Tank. Think Tank is mm. decent, but what's fucking missing? Graham Coxon's guitar sounds. The weird shit yeah. that he does. And those like beautiful little melodic hooks that he does that he immediately strangles with a bit of horrible white noise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's what makes... I, I think that's the kind of... that. I, this is ultimately... I mean, you know, when we get to the next couple of songs, you know, we get um, Russian Strings... Yeah. Um, which is another slow one. I don't think it's quite as good as the ballad. No. Um, but I, I think it is still, you know, decent enough. And, you know, there's what Damon has spoken in the process of this about how he was inspired by a Leonard Cohen mural in Montreal during the kind of writing and demoing process of this album. And the Everglades for Leonard really does have that super melancholic Leonard Cohen-y feel to it. And I think it's a really, really lovely song. And by this point, you're aware that Blur aren't really interested in doing any of the upbeat stuff. If you're suddenly going like, oh, is there going to be a, you know, is there going to be a country house coming next? No. Well, no, absolutely no, there is Good. not. Good. Fucking coming. hell. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the end, I, I pretty much feel like they've totally aped the end of Exit Music for a film by Radiohead at the end of... Um, of uh the everglades yeah I don't know if you noticed yeah okay, it yeah. does sound a lot like that yeah, do you know what i mean yeah it does and uh, you know a lot of people i tell you what it sort of made me think halfway through this i was like do you know what a lot of people it's a that last arctic monkeys album the car yeah. is very very divisive i personally find it a really dull record i don't know how you feel oh about it. yeah dull as fuck i did i didn't mind um what was the one? Lunar-based hotel and casino. The one that came out. Tranquility-based. Yeah. Base. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. But, yeah, I But, but I, like, that, I liked actually. it more because it was almost like Alex Turner was punking fucking, you know, old-school Arctic Monkeys fans. 
you know because yeah he's still I, I love that i love i love watching there is nothing you know angry arctic monkeys fans are up there with angry iron maiden fans for me right i bet you look good in a dance floor again they fucking won't they're not fucking no. 15 anymore. Do you know what I mean? Just get over it, mate. You're not going to get an album like that first one again. It's not going to happen. And you could possibly... They won't. You know, you could possibly say that about Blur fans as well. Why can't you write a song two again? Write another Girls and Boys. It's not going to fucking happen. These bands... I, I don't are, think they're, Blur they're fans like mind as like, much, though, know. right? Huh? I don't think Blur fans mind as much. No, no. no but, you know, probably nowhere near to the same extent as Arctic Monkeys fans. Well, I think for me, like, maybe they're more open-minded because they're and... a bit older. But well, I think for me, Arctic Monkeys have made an album, particularly in the car, which I think is just not very good. No, it's not. I don't really. It's not that. It's not that the problem is not that stylistically, it's far too far away from what I want them to do. The problem is that it's just not a very good record. And I think when I listen to this, it shows up how kind of tuneless the arctic monkeys album is yeah. because so much of this has things that jump out on you this is very slight it's very slow like i said it's very lackadaisical it's very kind of it drifts along it's very quiet it doesn't get in your face at any point really no, apart from like you know st charles square a little bit yeah. um but then you get to you know again you get to the narcissist which you know like i said in isolation i wasn't that sure about but we said this about um I Believe in You by Talk Talk when we did the Spirit of Eden special a little while yeah. ago. Uh, when that song came out as a single and I was like, how dare you remove that from its context? How dare you take that song which needs to be surrounded by these things which give it, it all of its power? I have to say, listening to The Narcissist within the context mm -hmm. of the rest of this record, it is fucking glorious. I mean, it is genuinely I, I i i now i don't register with that person who heard the narcissist <laughs> and went good oh good. don't know about this not sure about this because in within the context of the record i think it's fucking glorious absolutely fucking glorious better in the context of the record for you Surely. uh yeah yeah i mean i loved it kind of beforehand i yeah, did I, so. I deliberately didn't rinse it when it you know got released um you know as as a lyric video or whatever. Because I knew I wanted to listen to it in the context of the album. And I, I, from the first listen, I knew it was a special song to me. Uh, but there's, uh, you know, again, the cheap drum machine's back and it sounds fucking great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, um, you know, there's a bit of kind of, you know, the 90s kind of like indie rock stuff that they were doing before, but there's a real kind of, I don't know, I mean, there's a real kind of sense of melancholy throughout this album, but but especially on this song. Um, it's I genuinely think it is an all-time classic Blur single. I genuinely do. It, it it it's almost like you know those like the lyrics about it, I don't know if they're kind of like looking back on you know years gone by being in the band and stuff and you know whole kind of like egotistical nature of it all you're starting and everyone thinks you're you know you're the king you're mm. king shit you know mm. and, uh, and you know the the, the uh, 
but but again, it's it, it it's those little bits, just those little bits that Blur do, the little kind of flashes of colour they bring in, and again, it's you know Graham's backing vocals. The, uh, the line about is it when we took the acid, and he's like took acid. It's just so mm. simple, but it's so oh, it just I don't it just fills me with this just glorious warmth and joy. Just when those two voices just interlink, it's just it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah, it, it is brilliant. I feel fucking like a dumbass for not kind of getting it straight away. It is great. It is really great. And I would say it's it's up there, isn't it? With yeah. I think it I think it's certainly up there with is this my favourite song on the record? I mean I think between this and Barbaric and actually one we're going to talk about as well. I think they're the absolute high points for me. I think, you know, coming Goodbye Albert coming after that. Again, this sounds a bit like maybe it could have been on a Gorillaz album. Again, it's quite yeah. slight and mellow. Yeah. It's pretty good. I think it suffers a little bit from coming straight after The Narcissist, which is, <laughs> you know, really, really good. Um, you get a very loungy song in Faraway Island, which is the shortest song on the album. Uh, pretty cool. It's got a very nice sort of shuffly rhythm. We don't talk, tell you something else you people don't talk about. Dave Roundtree. Yeah. Ne- right. Ne- who is a very, very, you know, has he's had to kind of go with the flow of all these weird changes that Blur have made over the years. And it doesn't really get spoken about at all by anyone ever. I mean, I don't know if you ever remember the uh, Matt Lucas and David Williams show Rock Profile, <laughs> yeah. where they would do the different they'd they'd be Jamie Thickson interviewing yeah. different people as played by Matt Lucas and, and they did a blur one once and they had they did Alex James as just being really camp amazing <laughs> uh Damon Albarn as being a cockney hilarious Graham Coxon's being a sort of weird like nerd yeah. and then they went Dave Rantree you're the drummer in blur and he goes yeah and they go Dave Roundtree, thank you, and that's it. Like because they're like they've got nothing to say to him at all, and yet um, when you listen to Blur and you, if you were to kind of think about the drums in all their various different songs, Dave Roundtree is capable of doing a lot of stuff, just very, very subtly. He is again, you know, a really kind of, you know, he's about as far away from you know Neil Peart and Rush or fucking Mark. Mike Portnoy or something like that do you know what I mean but you know you want iconic drum intros listen to Sunday Sunday listen to fucking song too do you know what I, I mean say, song two yeah, is it's... not typical Dave Roundtree fair is it that... yeah, you know, it's, like that but it's, you know. he's I think he's I've always thought he's a really good drummer he, he's, he's um, what you call it he's like a song drummer you know he plays for the song man there's never anything particularly flashy about what he does um, but it's always decent. He's just a really fucking good, solid, kind of solid drummer. It's about the different tonality. I mean, like, and it's sort of weird thing to talk about the tone because guitarists have their kind of their signature tones and stuff. And I guess there are drummers who have, like you said, like, I don't know, the Rev from Avenged Sevenfold used to do those little like things on his cymbals and stuff. And you go, oh, that's a kind of a tone very much of his own. But Dave Rountree, he's throughout the entirety of Blur, his drum sound has changed. Not just the way he plays mm. and the songs, he, but his actual drum sounds have changed so much. And this is a really kind of, yeah, like you said, almost like a kind of, like a sort of 
old school Phil Spectory soul drummer yeah. kind of sound on this. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. He, not in the the wall of noise sense because it is actually a fairly quiet album. But I think he's, you know, he's he's very good on it. Um, and yeah, he's good on that song. Yeah. Uh, I love Avalon. Yeah, I love this. Don't know how you feel about this, but I think the horns and that so slow kind of very summery drag and it goes into, this is again it's one of the few that they haven't gone to Britpop kind of that Beatlesy Britpop territory very much on this this album but they do then and as a kind of weathered throwback of the time of, of Blur I, I I really do like this song a lot I do yeah it's 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 all about that um the opening horn section it's wonderful it, it it gives you it it instantly takes you back to like you know 1995. But I'm 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 really glad that this is kind of something I was going to sort of save the closing thoughts. But I think you know this is this is the kind of place to do it. I think you know I'm I'm really glad that they you know because it it could have been I guess in one sense very easy for them to kind of just do something that I don't know satisfied the absolute radio 90s crowd. Do you know what I mean? Mm. but Blur were ne- you know they were never that sort of band but they give you little peaks little kind of like s- something that instantly takes you back to like a core memory the narcissist does it a little bit I think but the, yeah the, 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 the horns on Avalon certainly do it you know yeah. it, 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 yeah. it, it sounds like something from I don't know the Great Escape kind of era Great Escape. I think mm. but way way sort of like, yeah it's, it's not in your it's face it's cartoony I mean, no. Again, that's something else with this album. None of it's in your face, you know. Even even you know the the token kind of loud song really, St. Charles Square. It's still very much kind of measured. It's not like the start of stereotypes that bow 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 now 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 bow. It's none of that, you know. There, no. you know, it's like shh, 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 too loud, guys. Too loud. Just turn it down a little bit, mate. It's too fucking loud. And yeah, I like I, I you know I I love the fact that they're kind of they could have quite easily I guess kind of put the foot on the gas on some of these songs. I'm really glad they didn't. A lot more kind of measured. And, uh, yeah. And the Heights, which closes it all out, the last song. Again, you know, this very kind of latter day David Bowie. I tell you what, big beat drums and sort of stabby strings is a thing that very rarely fails to stir the emotions. Yeah. And it's quite, it's actually, you know, it's below a 90s band really, but like it's quite a 90s thing to do to have that, those kind of big warm drums and then these kind of like cutting strings to kind of, um, th- th- those two, they sort of balance the, the kind of the, the, the kind of the hot and the cold, um, you know, the soft and the harsh together. And again, you know, like it's a, just a, a really nice way to close the album out, I think. Yeah. Um, very, very good. This is a good comeback album. This is a great comeback album. I, hmm. I, it wasn't an album that I've been holding out for. Even, you know, even when it got announced, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, new Blair album, okay. You know, um, maybe, maybe that's why I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought because I had no kind of, I don't know excitement about it or investment it was only after i heard the narcissist i was like right okay this this is decent man this is really really good um and it's i think it's you know i'll I'll be interested in it because you know let's be absolutely honest they will tour this 
You know, yeah. it's going to happen. You know, Glastonbury 2024 headliners, pretty much a shoe in, I reckon. You think? I think so. I'd be very surprised if they want one of them. Um, mm. You know, but I'd be interested to see what they do off this, what else they do apart from the Narcissist and, uh, and St. Charles Square, as and when they talk, because they will bring more songs into the set. They, they just will. I'll, so, I'll be yeah. interested, you know, to see how it works with the audience and stuff, especially because, like, majority of the songs that they haven't played live on, on this yet, live from this album yet, you know, pretty sort of very quiet, almost campfire folk. <laughs> campfire folk. Be fair, campfire folk played by the, the quintessential art school band. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, there were plenty of... of throughout that kind of two hours that they did when I saw them at Wembley last week or a week and a bit ago um, they they definitely had moments where they went right we're going to take it right down for a little bit and you know it's not like Blur haven't ever been they've always been a band who have who have written great slow songs right yeah. like you got when you know going back to fucking there's about four of them on part life you know yeah. this is a low end of a century like you know, um, they're just fucking. They're, they're just look, look inside uh, really, America off the self-titled is amazing. Yeah, like there there is a bunch of those songs. But, but I mean, but you, it's interesting you say that when you saw them last week at Wembley. You know that, that yeah, they're gonna. Damon's like, yeah, we're gonna take it down a little bit, but they're gonna. They, but they're gonna play a quiet song that's an all-time classic and a banger. Do you know what I mean? We're gonna take it down, and then they kick into. She said, "The dance in the carpet," and everyone's like. Ah! <laughs> you know yeah. um you know would it be the same if they did you know when they, if, if they played avalon i'd hope they'd play avalon live cause that'd be amazing uh, yeah you know uh, avalon would be one of the ones that i would yeah. really like you know, to or see far, far mean, away island something like that which i think is a yeah. great song you know i mean you know look there's this is not the classic sound of blur when you think of when someone says to you like if i just were to walk up to you in the street and go the band blur uh, something would pop in your head and i doubt it would be yeah, but every album's different. The sound of this album. Yeah, but every, every album's album different. is different. Mm. Even the Britpop trilogy mm. are all different. They're all, They're all completely different, different, different albums, you know? Yeah. Um, That's what I love about them. But I suppose maybe I would say, yeah, to casual fans in then yeah. uh, who might have gone like, oh, I love part life. Yeah. Love girls and boys. You know, I love country house. They might hear this and go, what the fuck's happened? But this is a good album and it's the sort of album that bands like this of this age and this vintage i think they're it makes way more sense for them to try and make an album like this and to lean into this stuff oh, than it does for them to lean into like you say i do not want to hit see kind of 50 something year old damon Albarn trying to do cockney knees up no. fucking you know think ballad, think ballad of a charming man i do live like oh yeah, yeah play tracy different. jack's live but don't try and write a different song that kind of apes that um I think this is the best album since 13, which is their best album. So that's pretty high praise. That's pretty high praise. Um, yeah. I mean, if I had to put it into like the listing, this is this is the best album since the self-titled for me. You think this is better than 13? I do, yeah. Do you Mate, really think that? See, I, I, I love 13. 13's fucking great. You know, Trailer Park and uh, was it Bugman and stuff like that is brilliant. Oh, yeah. But that album's fucking tainted by coffee and TV for me. Box A, every time. Oh. Never again. Thank you. Done. Nope. Nope. For about five yeah. years, that was the only fucking Blur song that was ever on the radio. Well, yeah, you but you, uh, there's... Mate, this has got... Listen, 
it's got tender on it. Like I say, Bugman, Swamp Song, 1992. Yeah. Blur, blurry MI. Great. Yeah, great. great. I mean, look at Trailer Park, fucking great. great. Trim Trabs yeah. on it. No distance left. Yeah, run. yeah. That's, you can't say yeah, that this album's it's taint, It's that. tainted by. It's tainted by coffee One and TV. Song. Yeah, I think it's. Come I think on. it's. I think it's. A, I think it's a stronger album. I mean, it's. It's, it's hard. Um, you know, this that could just be a, a knee-jerk reaction. I'll be interested to see if this is in my top twenty. Um, at the end of the year, it's it it is definitely within a decent shout. I think I I love the fact that. You know, out of those kind of, because they are a vintage band, you know, mm-hmm. you know, 30, was it 32 years now since fucking Leisure? That's mental, yep. man. Mental. Mm. <laughs> I remember, mm. I remember there's no yeah. other way of fucking Top of the Pops, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Kills. Yeah. It's so old, it's so old, Gaz. Um, but I, I, it's just nice when bands of a certain vintage can still just kind of come back and do... Just do a really, 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 really fucking good album that, that actually surprised me. And it's nice to mm. know that Blur can still surprise you. Yeah. Just, I mean, look, you know, I think top 20 is absolutely no guarantee, right? I am like considering that I was not keen on the magic whip. And, you know, like I say, I, I think Think Tank is good. I think it's good. Yeah. I do think I do think this is better. And then you go back to what yeah. I think is the best blow up I'm sorry we don't kind of go but I think you know it is is good but I would say that this it has surpassed my expectations definitely but my expectations for a blur album in 2023 weren't massive you know I'll always be interested in everything they do but my expectations were not huge I think will this get in my top 20 albums of the year I think it's gonna have to be a pretty uh it's going to have to be not a great second half to the year mm. for it to make my top 20. I think it will be in the conversation for those kind of upper echelons, but my suspicion is it might just miss out. But that is no shade on it at all. No. No shade on it at no. all. Because I think that, you know, there's already like probably 10, 12 albums, which I just fucking love this year. Yeah. And I suspect I'll hear another kind of 10, 12. And this is really, really good. You know, really, really good, but top twenty good, on a in a not great year. And actually, I don't think this year has been a vintage year for albums, particularly. I think it's been a vintage year, um, but it's been pretty good. You know, there's been some good stuff, uh, but it might do. You know, it might grow me even more. I thought that you know, my first listen to the narcissist, I was like, well, no, and now I think it's amazing. Yeah. So. I yeah. don't think I'm going to stop listening to it anytime, anytime soon. No, no, I, I really like yeah. it. I mean, there's, you know, going over to the sort of the, you know, the, the track listings when you see there's 10 tracks and it is 38 minutes, lo- so 36 minutes long. I love that. I absolutely love that. Brilliant. Yeah. 10 tracks, 36 minutes. I mean, the ballad, St. Charles Square, Barbaric, the Everglades, the Narcissist, Avalon. That's six. Yeah. That's six, six out of, of ten. the 10. Yeah. That's six of the That's ten I mean. that I think are brilliant. Yeah. And the other four I think are decent. Yeah. You know, like I say, Goodbye Albert, Faraway Island, you know, all right. Russian Strings, not really as good as the ballad, but not none of them are bad. No, um, no. Yeah. I, I would be quite happy to award this album were I reviewing it in real life. I would be quite happy to give it an eight. I think I'd be quite happy to give it an eight. Yeah. It would be, it would be just 
just pushing up from a seven. I think due to the quality of songs like Barbaric, The Narcissist and The Ballad, yeah. I think that may be just tip because when 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 it's good, it's absolutely brilliant. Wonderful. Yeah. Well done, Blur. Well done. There you go. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Appreciate that. If you want to go over and listen to us chatting some more, you can go over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash truecoppop, and sign up for our exclusive content there. If you just want to hear us chatting weekly, we'll be back in a couple of days on Friday with the weekly show. Um, we've got a big show this week. Got a big show, hence why we wanted to get this review out just before. And also, you know, um, it's a big, big album from a massive band, so it deserves its own little podcast. Uh, so anyway, yeah, thanks very much, guys. Cheers for listening. Hope you enjoyed our thoughts. And um, this album will be out on Friday. If you're listening to this podcast, it comes out. It comes out on the 21st of July, which should be a couple of days from now. So enjoy it. Um, the Britpop revival of 2023 <laughs> continues at a staggering rate. It really does. <laughs> It really fucking does. All right. Cheers, guys. See you later, guys. Take care, mate. See you, mate. Have a good one. Bye. Love you. Bye.